live from Mobile, Alabama. Who is standing out at the Reese's Senior Bowl so far this week? It's, it's been a really fun time down here, but it's not just about fun. It's about work, and these players have been putting in a lot of work to be able to get their draft stocks risen so they can make a little extra money and get themselves in better position to make a difference at the NFL level. Who's been standing out? Let's talk about it here on The Real Forno Show, live in Mobile, Alabama. Welcome to The Real Forno Show, hosted by Tyler Fornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network, publisher of Substack Run In Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the backyard of my Airbnb in Mobile, Alabama, where I am live covering the Senior Bowl here for Vikings First and Skull. I am your host, Tyler Fornis, who with me as always is producer Dave. Dave, did you ever have a coach just tell you to go out and fuck shit up? No, but I would have loved it. I've had to sit in it harder next time. That is what I got when I talked to Tavondre Sweat just a, a couple, or not even a couple hours ago at the uh, Senior Bowl media breakfast. Yes, the breakfast was at 3.30 today. It was a misprint, and they ran with it, and it ended up being great because we didn't have to wake up at 6 in the morning to go. And the players were awesome. Got to speak to a lot of them, including everybody's favorite quarterback, Bo Nix. I talked to uh, Jamari Thrash. And I talked to quite a few other players, and it, it's been a really, really fun experience here so far. But it's not just about fun. It is about work, and there's a lot here. Now, here's how today's show is going to go. I have a lot of players that I want to talk about, kind of share what I've seen in a positive or negative light. And you guys just know me. We're just going to be honest about what we see, about what we know. And honesty is the only policy here on The Real Forno Show. But if you have questions about players, throw them in the chat. We'll try and compile them. And then I'll give a little speed run at the end and kind of say uh, what's going on. All right. So there are quite a few players of which that we're talking about. And I'm going to pull out my phone because I gave Dave a list. And I want to make sure that I, I follow the list. All right. As Dan says in the chat, I still hate Bonex. Look, I think the person... That he, he really feels like a nice guy. I spoke to him a little uh, little while ago. And the big thing with Bo Nix has been his processing, his ability to drive the ball down the field, and his ability to elevate an offense and not just be a cog in the wheel. I still don't have anything that's changed that opinion. Uh, I thought he was really inaccurate over the course of the last two days. Everybody's hit a few. I mean, they're college quarterbacks. They're going to hit a few. But it's about consistency. It's about showing the right mechanics and doing it play after play after play. Nix was not doing it. He was really poor across the course of the last two days. And look, I understand. I don't like Nix as a prospect. That is fair. But this is level-headed analysis. You, you can only call what you see. What I've seen is Nix has not played very well over the course of these first two days. Now, he gets the ball tomorrow uh, with the last practice on Thursday because Playing quarterback in, in an environment like this is hard. You don't have chemistry with the receivers. You don't have a, an in-depth knowledge of the playbook. And with one-on-ones, you're kind of just, you're, like, 
you're throwing to spots. You don't know how receivers like to get those routes. You don't know where they're precisely going to be. One of the reasons why Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson have worked so well together, chemistry. David matters. And football is truly a game of inches. And if you're off by just an inch, that can end up being a mile or like three or four yards. Or an interception and turnover, loss of points. Yes. It all adds up. And I think that's that's important with this conversation. So let's let's just know that I don't think Nix is an awful prospect. I think he's he would be an awful selection in round one. I would not take him in round two. I might take him end of round three. But at that point, you're talking backup quarterback. You're not talking a guy that you can really truly develop. I don't think he's in the same echelon as Jalen Hurts because I just haven't seen that kind of development from him. He did tell me that because he's played in five different offenses, five different coordinators, like that that impacts a player. But we're talking 61 starts in college football, the most of all time. That may never be topped. All that matters. It How does it compare to Jaron Hall? In what way? Well, we got Jaron Hall as a developmental quarterback. Most likely, the best we can hope for is that he develops into a good backup. How does Knicks look for being developmental? Is he developmental into a good backup, or is he developmental into a potential starter? I don't think he's got potential starter in him. And one of the reasons I say that, 61 starts in college football. At a certain point, you peak. Now, even though Jaron Hall is older than Bo Nix coming out, the one thing that Jaron Hall had is he only had two years as a starter. So there, you felt like there was a lot of room to develop. Plus, two of those years were a Mormon mission. So his body in football years was only like 23 years old. Like, those little details matter. And you saw a lot more progressions with Jaron Hall, working the middle of the field, working deep, and being able to look off safeties on occasion. Like, all that stuff matters here, Dave. And Nick's just isn't doing that. And I, that really worries me for the next level. So I'm I'm still out on Bo Nix. I don't think he's played very well. I think a lot of people that I've talked to haven't thought he's played very well either. So it's not just a me thing. And I think it's a, it's a fair point to bring up that I don't like Nix. Maybe I'm a little biased. But I'm only calling it like I see it on the field. I even mentioned a few times in stance, yeah, it was a good play by Nix. You just have to call it fairly and you have to call it as you see it on the field, because that's the only way you can do this with any form of success. Let's continue on, because there's a lot of guys to talk about. The people in the chat are buzzing. I want to get through this list, because I think it's important to have these conversations about guys who could be a Minnesota Viking. So we're not going to talk about offensive linemen. Yes, uh, offense. there have been some offensive linemen that have been very good, but I don't think it's going to be a high target for them, especially at tackle, which is far and away the deepest position um, on the offensive line. So I, I don't feel like it's pertinent for us to have those conversations, but there have been some good ones. Um, let's, start, let's go to wide receiver. Uh, Louisville wide receiver Jamari Thrash. Transferred from Georgia State after the 2021 season. Sorry, after the 2022 season. And went to Louisville and really blossomed, showed a lot of extra nuance with his route running, showed the ability to really dominate after the catch. And when you talk about all of those things. It's been really, really fun. It's been really good to watch. And 
I thought one thing that I was worried about was some of his physicality. He's a little bit of a more slender guy. I think he weighed in around 190 pounds. You're not talking a guy who's who's built really uh, muscular. Uh, he is a speedster. And he had a couple reps where he was going for deep balls, tracked them incredibly well, and fought through physicality from the corner to be able to go get those footballs. I thought he answered that question enough for me. I have a high third-round grade on him. I think that's about where he goes um, in that, like, pick, like, 60 to 90 in that range. I have, like, five or six guys in that, that like, range because I think that's where a lot of the depth of this receiver class is. So I'm really high on Jamari Thrash. I think he's a really talented player. Almost made the all-forno team. Not quite. Um, let's continue on. I know everybody is continuing to talk about quarterbacks. So let's have a conversation about Michael Penix Jr. I really don't think he's done a ton for his draft stock either way. I think there's been a lot of good. He's uh, he's throwing the ball better than pretty much everybody here in Mobile. But some of the issues that plagued his film are continuing to uh, resonate here at the Senior Bowl. He does not deal with interior pressure well. He kind of scrambles with his footwork when he gets that pressure. And when he does, the ball kind of sprays everywhere. And he's not consistent with his accuracy. That showed up a lot on his film at Washington. And it continues to show up and resonate. So he hasn't quite gotten that part down yet. Will he? I don't know. But the issues that are still there, they're still there. And the good things are also still there. So I really don't think he's done a ton either way for his draft stock. I think we're going to start getting some leaks after the Senior Bowl uh, talking about what his medicals look like. Dr. Neil L. Trash, the same guy who did TJ Hawkinson's surgery, he was also the guy who did the experimental Achilles surgery on Aaron Rodgers and the normal one on Kirk Cousins. He signed off on Michael Penix Jr.'s knee. We'll see if teams feel the same way. Now, Elitrach is uh, likely going to feel like he needs to sign off on it a little more because he performed the surgery. So there are different levels to this, and you have to be able to have that context when you're talking about it. But if the surgeon says it's good, maybe it is good. I don't know. But we can only go based off what we know, and that is what we know at the moment. If uh, reports are coming out that he's just undraftable because the injuries are so bad, we have to take that into consideration when we find out the information, because right now it's not out there. Uh, let's talk about Kansas Edge, Austin Booker, Dave. Uh, a young guy uh, ended up playing at the U for a couple years, U of M, and transferred to Kansas. Only has about 540 snaps of film to his name in college. And I think about 26 of those were for the Golden Gophers. Well, he blossomed at Kansas this year. And he has come down against a really good tackle group and played extremely well. I've been very impressed with how he's varied his moves. He's long. He's powerful for a guy who only sits at 240 pounds. I do think you can add around 10 pounds of muscle to his frame if you do it the right way, and you're not going to lose a ton of explosiveness. But he's winning with the long arm, and that length is really, really nice. He's winning with speed around the edge. He's winning with spin moves. So you're seeing multiple ways of him finding a way to get to the quarterback. And having that multiple skill set is going to be a really big deal for him being able to take that next step in the, in the National Football League. But 
Only having around 500 snaps is a big question mark. It presents an added variable. If you remember, Greg Rousseau came out a few years ago out of Miami, only had around the same amount of snaps drafted in the first round, and he's been pretty good year over year for the Bills. Not a home run swing, but a very good serviceable player. Booker, I don't think, has quite that ceiling when it comes to draft stock. I think he's probably going to max out at like maybe pick 60, but he has a really intriguing skill set, and I'm very, very interested to see how the rest of the week looks for him and the combine as well. Let's move on to New Hampshire running back Dylan Labe. I've talked about him. We're going to do a skull search on him in time. This dude is a running back, okay? People talk about using Christian McCaffrey as a wide receiver, doing this, that, and the other thing, all right? They use Dylan Labe at New Hampshire like people talk about using Christian McCaffrey as a slot receiver, as a true weapon on the outside. When I talked to him earlier today, Dave, I asked him about that because running backs don't run wide receiver routes. I asked him, how did you develop that tool in your toolbox to be able to have that? Because that's not something you see. Running backs don't run real wide receiver routes out of the slot. He said, the coaching staff went up to him one spring. He's like, look, you know the running back position. You know our playbook. We want to develop you and put you in the slot so you can be a mismatch. So he basically spent the spring learning how to be a wide receiver. And that's why he was used at such an interesting level. And I think this guy is legit. I was a little worried about his speed coming in. I'm like, okay, FCS. He's rounding the edge against FCS opponents. He is outrunning them. But is it going to translate to this level of competition? I didn't know. I wanted to see with my own eyes. I did. It's there. It's legit. I think Labe is great. And for you Golden Gopher fans, he had a lot of great things to say about incoming quarterback Max Brosmer, who's going to be the starter for the Golden Gophers. He was his quarterback at New Hampshire, told me that Max is the hardest working guy and one of the smartest people he's ever met. And when you have that kind of genuine comment, because you can tell, these guys are media trained, Dave. They are trained to give you canned answers like a politician because you don't want to say the wrong thing. And I'm not faulting them for it because you don't want to say the wrong thing. You want to say the right things. Well, he would, uh, you could tell his face just lit up and he was glowing about his quarterback. That wasn't fake. That was real. And I think Gopher fans are going to be really excited what they get with Brosmer uh, this upcoming season. Talk about a few more guys. Uh, Roman Wilson, the Michigan wide receiver. I think the best wide receiver here is Ladd McConkey. The best performing wide receiver has been Roman Wilson. Consistently getting open consistently winning with explosiveness, catching everything that comes his way, tracking the ball well, body control. He's doing it all, and he's doing it at a very high level. I had a third-round grade on him. He's playing like he could sneak into the top 50. This is a very weird wide receiver class. We're after the top three. It's kind of, for lack of a better term, a mystery. You could have a bunch of different guys going in any order because there's a huge glut of like late day one, day two wide receivers. Some are blatantly better than others, but it, it that's going to depend on 
a lot of different factors, one of them being what does the team need? What does the team prioritize? It's not going to be as simple as this guy, good, go get him. It's going to be how does this guy fit in our system? Let's go take him. And I think, Wilson, if you need a guy that's fast, you need a guy that can create separation and win after the catch, potentially win a punt return job, I think Roman Wilson is your guy. Really impressive this week. Um, Florida State wide receiver Johnny Wilson. I wanted to talk about him. I I don't see his fit in the National Football League. He's almost 6'7", 225 pounds. He's really too big to be a wide receiver, but too small to be a tight end. And Dave, he moves like a canoe. He can move, he can move straight up and down. I've not seen that in a scouting report. His strengths, his weaknesses, you hear all the oily hips, moves fluid, all those football buzzwords, but I've never seen he moves like a canoe. Yeah, he moves like a canoe. Uh, really good, straightforward mover, like build-up speed, because obviously when you go from a standstill with a canoe, you got to really build up. But once you're gliding, you do, you do a pretty good job. But if you need to turn, he's not doing it. And that's kind of why I, I gave him that comparison. I, I just don't see a great fit for Johnny Wilson. And it's, it's a tough one because I thought he really flashed the ability at Florida State. I just don't see how it's going to help him moving forward. I don't. I don't. I don't. A um, couple other guys I want to talk about. Quinion Mitchell I saw in the – comments. Look, Quinion Mitchell, he's been great. Arguably the best defensive player here. Uh, he may have solidified himself as a top 20 draft pick this week. Just able to attack the football, attack the receiver, stay in phase without panicking. Because So when we talk about staying in phase, when you have a, a running, or sorry, cornerback moving with the receiver within the route. So if they're running straight ahead, moving with him, staying like around him. So if if here's your corner and here's your wide receiver, all right, you got your wide receiver moving, guess what? Corner's moving with him. That's kind of staying in phase. You're staying and moving with the offensive player, okay? He does that. He does a great job of doing that, but when the offensive player like changes up their tempo where, hey, I'm going to like slow down and then accelerate back up, like he doesn't panic. He stays within himself. He keeps his technique, doesn't worry about it, and then when that last cut is made, he drives on the player in the football, and it's been consistent. I've been really, really impressed with what I've seen from him, and so has the rest of draft media. Really impressive stuff. Devontae Walker. <sighs> Some people have him as a first-round grade. No. No. When he turns, Dave, it's like watching a cruise ship. It, it, he just he can't do it. And it, it's unfortunate because he's got so much ability. Think of guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, DK Metcalf, vertical guys, guys you want to run on over routes where you don't have to do much turning, guys you want to run on fly patterns and posts. Those guys, like... You can just throw the ball downfield, and they're great at it. And that's what Walker is. But he's not a complete receiver. He doesn't do everything you need him to do at the position. And I think because of that, he's a little bit limited. But he's really, really good at what he's good at. Going down the field, grabbing the ball out of midair. But he also had four drops today. Really, really rough spot. But as an overall prospect, third-round guy I think is fair. 
where the the great stuff is really that great, but you're not getting the full package. And that's kind of what we're getting at with Walker. And last player before we really take it into uh, the comments here, Darius Robinson from Missouri. I love this kid. When I was watching Ennis Rakestraw Jr. the other day in the Missouri corner, this guy just kept popping off the screen. And you can just tell how much he loves football. And when I spoke to him earlier today, he's just like, I just love playing football. and Because he has versatility on alignment, okay? So he can play three technique, which is shading inside, uh, outside the guard. He can play four eye, which is shading out inside of the tackle. He can play five technique, which is right over the tackle. He can play wider than that and play a true edge. You can put him almost anywhere on the line and feel like he can be successful. So... Let's talk about some of that position versatility, okay? This year, or sorry, in his career, when he's lined up as that three-technique, four-eye, think of what Sharif Floyd used to play. Tom Johnson, Kevin Williams, that's a three-technique. A pass rush win rate of 13%. As a five-technique or a six-technique, so five-technique is directly over the center. Six-technique, your inside shoulder matches their outside shoulder of the tackle. 18.8%. 18.8%. Anything wider than that, 19.1%. This dude is 295 pounds, when, and he's got over 35-inch arms. You know who else had a similar profile? J.J. Watt. I'm not calling him J.J. Watt, but if you want to talk about an archetype, somebody who can be that position versatile, somebody who can attack you in multiple different ways and be explosive as an athlete, Robinson is that guy. And I wouldn't. Sh- it wouldn't be shocked. I've heard a couple things where maybe he sinks in around one. I bet he's a firm round two guy. So we heard the same things about Keon White last year. But I really like what he's been able to do. I think he's just a tremendous, tremendous football player. And it's. I can't wait to really dive into his tape and continue to watch him down here in Mobile because he is making himself a lot of money. And I think he's just awesome. And those are all the guys I really wanted to talk to you about and kind of relay information. I know there are a lot of questions here, Dave. I want to uh, encourage you guys. One, thank you very much for watching. This is your first time. Welcome. We have a lot of fun here. And I'll be honest, Gary, I'm sure you're in the chat. I haven't seen you ask one thing about all the food I've eaten this week. Uh, I'm a little disappointed, but we can rectify that. We've got time. Ask, ask all the questions you have. I'll try and answer as many of them as I can before we go here tonight. And don't forget, while you are asking those questions, don't forget about our sponsor, Underdog Rescue Minnesota, where they do everything they can to help every single dog, cat, and caged animal, like guinea pigs and stuff, have a better life. They save my sweetie Claire from a puppy mill. They save dogs from puppy mills. They take private surrenders, and they help the overcrowded kill shelters around the country and they take their dogs and help them find better lives underdogrescuemn.com go check them out adopt a dog foster a dog which is free by the way fostering is free and or you can just donate and help them out there's a lot of great that they do underdogrescuemn.com okay dave i'm going to start with you while the questions roll in here what do you have? What what have you seen that you have questions about? Well, one, I want to see more offensive defensive line. 
today I was sitting there watching, and they were showing wide receivers and corners, right? And the announcers are going, we're showing wide receivers and corners, but over on the other side of the field, the battle is going wild between the offensive lineman and the defensive lineman. But the camera was on the wide receivers and the corners. And I'm like, I would have watched the round bellies, and they wouldn't allow me to watch the round bellies. Now, there was little blurbs where they'd cut in and cut out. We see Latu doing his thing and some of the, the tackles doing it. It's, I was watching the tackles, and I was impressed with a few of them. We don't need a tackle. If we need somebody, it's interior. So it's going to be interesting to see how those guys play out. I hope I have not looked yet. NFL Plus and NFL Network bust those up by position group, and I can go back and look at it. But uh, questions I've had is, besides food, of course, is how, and I'm not the only one, how many Vikings personnel have you seen down there? I'll be honest. I, I haven't seen a bunch. Um, I do know that they do have a contingent down here. I know Kwesi is down here. I personally haven't seen him, but I know others who have. Um, the, the tough part about being able to see a lot of these personnel is they are all, all the way on the other side of the field, and I don't have a credential that allows me onto the field. Um I, I'm only allowed on the field after practice to go interview players. And the other side of the field is strictly NFL personnel. So I haven't personally seen them, but I know they're here. And I know that they're doing everything they can to try and find the next great Minnesota Vikings. Hoping to be able to maybe run into Quasi uh, at some point. I'd like to be able to introduce myself and talk to him. But we'll see. Um, all right. Let's, let's get to some of these questions, Dave. I want to get to Delton's first. Powers Johnson versus Sweat. Howard Johnson's probably done for the week. He's been great. It looked like he got hurt uh, with a minor injury, and a lot of times minor injuries. Um, look, it's a senior bowl. You, it's great to be here and important to be here, but don't. Oh, KOC's here too? Oh, awesome. I personally haven't seen them, so I don't know that for sure. Um, so I'm going to trust you guys on that. So Powers Johnson versus Sweat. They're on different teams, so we're not going to get to see that matchup because you didn't get to see it in practice. And now, because Power Johnson is hurt, you're probably not going to see it in the game either. But Power Johnson was probably the best offensive lineman so far this week. Just tremendous power, great movement skills for a guy that's 330 pounds. Uh, you don't see centers play that heavy very often, but I think he can make it work. Um, Tavondre Sweat's been dominant when he – it feels like when he wants to be because he's so big and tall that he can lose that leverage battle. And when he loses it, it's blatant. But then he can just absolutely bully guys as well. So I like what Sweat's brought to the table this week. I think that it's been objectively great. And I, I would be very happy with either of those guys on the Vikings. But I don't think that Powers Johnson is going to be a logical player for the Vikings, considering their needs and considering what they have to do to be able to bolster this team. It, it'd be a great pick, like, as far as the player on like personnel wise, I just don't think it's likely. So, um, Dave, what else do we have for questions? I see a lot, but um, there's been, I haven't been paying too much attention. I've been wanting to make sure I, de I deliver as much information as I can for you guys. Well, I got one more. Since we're talking sweat, the guy who caught my eye was McKinley Jackson. Mm -hmm. He, the reps I saw where he was playing, I loved his technique. He was sound. Now, how he addresses his stance, how he gets in the stance was odd. Um, 
But once he was in there and once there was a snap of the ball, he was owning centers. And to me, that was that stood out. And I, I want to go back and hopefully get some more tape on him, plays for Texas A&M, and uh, watch how he plays some more because he was interesting to watch. He's not as big as Sweat. There's very few as big as Sweat. Um, but he could be that nose tackle, A-gap type of person too, zero A-gap type as well. I found interesting. Giotano yeah, uh, Amato says, are there any QBs that have stood out? No. Um, QB play has been overall eh. I'd say the most consistent has been Spencer Rattler. Uh, he's had a couple bozo moments, so he hasn't been perfect. Nobody's been truly good this week. Um, I would say the best two are Penix and Rattler, and I don't think it's that close. Carter Bradley had a pretty good day. Nothing truly special, but consistent and relatively mistake-free. Drove the ball down the field a couple times. Look, the quarterback play is really tough to gauge because there's so many variables that you have to deal with and so many that you normally wouldn't have to deal with when you're talking about the film, which is, hey, landmarks. I know this guy is going to be exactly at this spot when I throw this route. You don't know that with any of these guys. So it becomes increasingly difficult. You're learning an offense kind of on the fly. And there are just so many variables that you have to deal with. So you're going to see a lot of inconsistent quarterback play. But there's talent. So it's this is why this is only around 10% of the puzzle everything this week. Because you have to base most of it off the film. That's why the film is so important. Because if they get that comfortable with their group of players, they're going to likely get that comfortable with the group of players that you're going to see at the next level. So it, it all matters. But... I don't think that it has to be one or the other. And I'm a big fan of where the Vikings are at as far as being able to make those decisions. I really trust the front office, but you got to remember it's not perfect. Uh, Norsefius asked about Luke McCaffrey, and he asked earlier about oysters. Oh, baby, I got oysters uh, last night at Winsel's, which in my opinion, is the best restaurant in town. Um, I love going to Winsel's. We do a oyster platter sampler, which is four different oysters. Uh, they're all cooked. and like One's like a spinach and artichoke. One's like a, almost like a stampy. One is Rockefeller. And then uh, like a bacon jalapeno and cheese. They're all really good. Um, and then I got a, a fried platter with like hush puppies, um, catfish, scallops, shrimp. Um, and then uh, I think it's bluefin crab stuffed. It was all really, really good. Um, I loved it. Um, and then Luke McCaffrey, look, look, he's not Christian. Um, I was actually really disappointed with some of his movement skills. I thought he'd be a little more twitchy, a little quicker. Uh, he's utilized, he's trying to lean on his physicality too much, and he's not gaining that true separation. And to me, that was a little bit of d- disappointment. But it's about the three-day process. If you struggle the first two days, but you figure it out on day three, that's going to show a lot to NFL teams because you're learning and you're figuring things out and you're growing. That's huge. Growth. You need to show that kind of growth because if you can do that here, you can do that in the preseason. You can do that in training camp. You can do that throughout the course of your rookie year and beyond. All that matters. So that's why practice is so important and the game kind of isn't. 
Uh, the game's just kind of there, but practice is where it's at. All right. Um, fried green tomatoes. I have tried them. I haven't had them this trip. Uh, I decided to spend my money on oysters rather than on fried green tomatoes. Uh, on fried vegetables. Green tomatoes are, they're good, but they're not my thing. Um, I'm not going to prefer them over like getting fresh seafood. You know what I mean? Like, just a personal thing. Nothing against them. They're good. That's awesome. What who? Uh, what other standouts have you seen? Ooh. Or what are the consensus standouts from? We know you're down there. We know Thor's down there. There's a bunch of other people down there. What is the buzz amongst all you guys that are sitting there watching from the stands, evaluating? I kind of gave you some of them. Uh, those are my standouts. Uh, Tyler Guyton, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, really good football player, uh, freaky athlete, like 6'7", 330, like, and just moves incredibly well, very powerful. Um, he's been really good. Laiatu, uh, Latu, I saw the comments. Um, awesome. Dude is a better athlete in person than I thought he was on film. Uh, very powerful hands, but he's got more juice to him getting around the corner than I thought. And that's why this process can be, it can answer some of the questions you have. And this is why you have to contextualize it back to the film. I, I was really impressed with his ability to bend the corner. And I think I'm going to have to reevaluate my scouting report on him because that was something I didn't think he was very strong at. Well, I changed my mind. Like he's pretty good at it. So now, what I saw of him, and like I said, I tried to watch the last two days. What I'm impressed with him, he doesn't have just one pass move. He has multiple. And if tackle tries to lock him down and defeats him on that first one, he turns to a second. And then a third, if he has to, to try to get by to get to the quarterback and usually succeeds. Mm-hmm. That that's good. Most players, even in the NFL, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really impressive how technically sound and powerful he is, and the fact that I saw more athleticism than I realized, I think is going to help him a lot. But he still has to answer that medical question: the neck, Dave, the neck. I, I need an answer to that before I decide if I'm willing, if I'm comfortable enough to actually draft this player um let's go to this one from mateo uh we both don't like bonex has he made your opinion better or worse honestly he's just solidified what i thought my opinion was i don't think he's a worse player than what i saw on film i think this is proving he's the player that i saw on film and that's where you have to contextualize so if you thought he was really really good and he's performing like i'm i'm telling you he is because this is how i see it then you're probably going to have a little bit lesser of an opinion on Knicks than you did coming in. Uh, I just think he's playing like the guy I thought he always was. And he's fine. He ain't great. It is what it is. Like, Knicks is just Knicks. We had a question here. Um, what about Edrigen? 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 I can't read that. Cooper. Edrin Cooper. Um, he's not here. He was at Shrine. Um, I know he's okay. hurting. He actually didn't practice. He was only there for like a day uh, doing interviews. Um, the idea of Edron Cooper, I think, is great. I don't know what the injury looks like, and I haven't actually watched his film yet. So we'll kind of see over the course of time. I'm going to look at him. 
but it's I, I just I don't have a good enough answer yet. Very explosive and rangy player, uh, attacks downhill well. But uh, once I get to him, we'll have that conversation a little more in depth. But yeah, he's not here this week. <laughs> yeah, uh, Norseus noting you got a little sunburn on the cheeks for him. <sighs> yes, yes, I did. Um, I got that yesterday. I actually sunscreened up today. I almost never sunscreen up, but. Yeah, when you're uh, sitting on metal bleachers and the sun is just blatantly out, it happens. I'm look, I I have four. Yeah, uh, but my like, I would still get sunburned and then I'd have a hat tan line. Like that's just how it happens with me. So now I'm good. Um, look, I'm not in any pain. It doesn't hurt. It's just annoying. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Dave, let's get some more questions. Um, I see Anthony asked earlier about Rasheen Ali. I thought Ali's been pretty dang good this week, but I also think uh, he got hurt because I didn't see him at all today. That kind of stunk. I, I was really hoping to be able to see him. Um, but it is what it is. Uh-huh. Anthony's asking about the Toledo corner. Oh, I talked about him earlier. Quinnia Mitchell's great. Uh, Quinnia Mitchell looks like the best defender here. Um, maybe the only one better is Laiatu Latu, and that's just going to depend on how you view it. Um, I think Quinnia Mitchell, I had a like a second-round pick potentially could go in round one, kind of great on him. I think I might be the, looking at bumping that up a little bit because of how he's performed this week. I have been really impressed with uh, what he's bringing to the table. And Quinnia Mitchell really really good at football really good at football what about mahogany mahogany's at shrine so i i heard he was really good at trying but i don't know um i i i i'm sorry uh i don't have a, a good answer just because he's not here cody schrader cody schrader is an interesting player um i think he has a little bit more juice in person than he does on film uh, really good at catching the football, but I don't think he's a superb route runner. I think he has good hands, so I think that's an area he needs to develop a little bit. have not seen the pass blocking drills yet. Um, we're slowly working on it. Our Airbnb actually doesn't have grounded outlets in the living room, so we have to like use my laptop to watch the film on like uh, in shifts because it has to go charge in the kitchen. Um, so that's like the only downside about my Airbnb. Yeah, it really impressive. Uh, I don't know if what kind of NFL future he has, but I think he's got something. Okay, who's the best center? Jackson Bowers Johnson. Not even close. Uh, Kingsley Agukun from Florida has had some really good reps in his flash, some excellent uh, physicality, and has some versatility to go inside and play guard. Uh, but it's Jackson Bowers Johnson with a bullet. I don't think it's very close. Is he first rounder or second? If he goes top 20, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, if he goes in the second round, I wouldn't be shocked either. I think his range is between 20 and 40. Ooh, interesting. Uh, Delton asks, has there been any fights? I saw one where a defensive yep. lineman ripped off the offensive lineman's helmet. And it was exactly who Mateo was talking about, Jordan Jefferson, the LSU defensive tackle, um, going against Christian Hayes, the UConn guard, and... I think he just got uh, he just got butt whipped, and apparently Haynes uh, 
He said, if you're scared, go to church. The Ice Cube uh, line from the song he did with Snoop Dogg, just all-time stuff. And, yeah, he lost his cool. Uh, ego got absolutely whipped. Look, when you're when you have that much testosterone flowing, that kind of stuff can happen from time to time. He's going to have to answer a lot of questions about it. But it, it just kind of is what it is. Every, every so often, something like that happens. It just, I mean, it's football. That happens in football. Mm-hmm. All right. Anthony asks, best tight end, because we may be needing a new tight end. Tight end is a very weird position in this senior bowl. There's been nobody who's truly stood out. It also depends on what kind of tight end you're looking for. If you're looking for a guy in line, if you're looking for a guy to flex out, if you're looking for an H-back. I think Theo Johnson from Penn State has a really interesting future. He's going to have to start out as a blocker and really develop as a receiver because Penn State did not use him that way. But he's flashed some really good hands. He's flashed some good route running. He's just raw. And as a senior tight end, that kind of stinks. But the one good thing here, Dave, tight end takes usually three years to develop in the NFL. So if you take that guy in round four, you can feel relatively comfortable about potentially developing him. And you know what? He can be like a tight end, too, and a blocker right away while you continue to work with him. So I think if there's one guy, I like him. Brevin's fan for the Minnesota kid. I think it has played really well. I wish he was a little more explosive as a route runner, but he's just not. Um, but he's 6'7", and he gives you a super wide catch radius, especially when you're going against like six foot six one linebackers. You're going to have an advantage there, even if the linebacker is close in coverage, just because of that wingspan. So I, those are the kind of guys that I like. I don't love the tight end class. It's just it's not great outside of Brock Bowers and Jatavian Sanders. It's just a lot of, hey, this guy could potentially be something, but it's they're just question marks. Um, Chi-Town Vikings asked, what about the center from Oregon? That's Powers Johnson. We already talked okay. about him. Good football player. Um, yeah, let's let's take a few more questions, and then I need to go get myself some food. <laughs> Anthony asked, so his boy, Jaheim Bell, stinks? No, he's – the dude is 6'1". What am I going to do with him at tight end? He it feels more like a gadget guy to me than like a traditional tight end. And I think there's use for that, but I don't think I, – I, I don't want to rely on him to be like a true tight end. And that's part of the problem because now, if size matters. I was approaching 6'1", just barely under it, when I was getting ready to go to college. And tight end was one of the positions I played. I was small back then, and we're talking early 80s. Mm-hmm. It's tiny right now for a tight end. Yeah. More of a fullback, it's... maybe. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a gadgety player. And I don't mean that as an insult because like, they were giving him running back snaps at South Carolina because he's a really good athlete for his size. But there's it's, it's just tough. And I, I'm i not super thrilled about the size and the projection. So like, I, I'm going to tend to kind of stay away. And okay. I'm just going to have to be comfortable with that. It's well, A few more yeah. players. Purcell okay. from wide receiver from Florida. Oh, Purcell. Purcell's been really good. Purcell. Probably a top five receiver here as far as performance-wise. Got to speak to him a little bit uh, this afternoon. And I came away impressed with both his play and just kind of how he approaches the game, you know, uh, talking about, like, because he's he's caught balls from Jaden Daniels, Anthony Richardson, 
and Graham Mertz. Like those have been his three starting quarterbacks and just kind of talking to him like, how has your approach really changed having to work with such a different group of players? And he gave a really nice response. You know, you just kind of got to learn your cues and, and adjust your game because it's not just about the offense. It's about how the quarterback likes to play and then how the chemistry that you build with him. So I came away impressed. I thought he was a really talented player and uh, Pearsall has really shown a lot to be able to work from the slot. I think he can work as the Z. I don't think he can work as an X, but if you got an offense with a bunch of condensed sets and you like to put guys in different spots to be able to attack matchups, I think Pearsall is that kind of guy Probably a round three player. Like I said, round three has a glut of guys. I think they're going to be good football players for a good period of time. And he's one of them. Okay. Question about J.J. McCarthy, probably the Vikings' next quarterback. Yeah, I uh, I did a mock draft uh, that was released this morning for VikingsWire.com. I'm the Vikings taking McCarthy at 11. Uh, kind of looking at what could that be. Um why would they take him at 11? Uh, what would the thought process be of doing that? I, I, I kind of explored that a little bit. I didn't go super in-depth with the pick, but I don't think it's an impossibility, especially if he has a great uh, pre-draft process. Um, I'm not sold on it right now, but I don't think it's an impossibility. Uh, but he's also not here this week. Okay. And what I would think is if McCarthy becomes our next quarterback, it's because we picked defense in the first round, and then we – either ran back up into the first, bottom of the first round or we got him in the second. Yeah. Um, and that, and the only reason, because the favorite quarterbacks were gone, whoever they are. All right. Um, uh, let's, let's speed run through a few, and then, and then we got to call it here. But we're going to have a lot more in-depth stuff coming up in the future. Uh, that's uh, – Corley's been quiet, according to Scott. Um. It depends on how you want to look at it. I think he's shown a little more nuance in his route running. Because, look, this guy is a Debo Samuel archetype. So you don't necessarily expect a super technician. You expect explosive, great in the open field. And he is that thing. Uh, He had a 35-yard reverse earlier today. And I think he's done enough as a receiver. And I think he could go in round two. Uh, He was number 50 on Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com's top 50 big board. That released, uh, I think it was yesterday afternoon. Like, Corley's that good. Um, I think he's been good. Um, Lad McConkey, I've seen a couple people ask about him. McConkey is the best receiver in Mobile. Not he hasn't performed the best. I think he's I think he's second or third, but he is the best receiver in Mobile, and I I'm really excited for him. That dude needs to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. He is he would cook with Patrick Mahomes more than a lot of players because of how technically sound he is and he is that he is more explosive than people want to give him credit for because his name is lad mcconkey uh this dude can flat out ball and i think he needs to be a kansas city chief um do i like quinya mitchell better than the alabama corners i haven't watched kool-aid yet so i'm not going to um quite answer that i think arnold's uh, quite a bit better and that's not a slight at all to quinya mitchell i think he's great um lastly uh, let's let's see. Uh, let's go one more. Um, let's talk about Cam Hart. I think he's shown a little bit on the outside. I haven't really watched him a ton, so I don't have a, like a ton of things to say. But I think he's shown me enough to where 
like when I get the film on, I don't think I'm going to be completely disappointed. I, I do think that there might be a little bit of an athleticism gap where I think he's just not quite as athletic as you need him to be. Um, but that, that's just like a vibes thing from like my first initial viewings. Uh, so we'll kind of see how that looks when things come around. Um, last question, who's that dude? Lot to make it to 11? No idea. Um, my guess is yes. I think offense is going to be very heavy in that uh, that top 10. But we'll see. The, there's three months until the draft. I got one last question. Are yeah. there kickers and punters down there, and is anybody watching them? Oh, yeah. Um, Will Reichard, the uh, Alabama kicker, is here. Uh, Tory Taylor, the Iowa punter, he's very, very good. Um, that friend of mine, uh, Kevin Fielder, uh, just uh, uh, spent 15 minutes talking to a long snapper and just having a good conversation. Like, they, there, there's some talented players down here, and I, I'm really excited to continue. Don't forget, everybody, I've done shorts after every single practice, giving a quick, brief highlight. You are going to want to like, subscribe, and ring the bell. So when I post those, yes, I'm doing producing now. I am producer Tyler. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll get those right away. Um, I may do a couple of them after each of the next two practices, just so we can get a little bit more content for you guys. But we're going to have a lot of really good stuff here coming up. And listen, Senior Bowl is just a piece of the puzzle, but it's a good piece. And, and it's one I, we can think, all watch. Yes, it absolutely is. Um, thank you guys very much for watching. We beat Monday's live record. We had 121 people watching at once. Thank you very, very much from the bottom of our hearts. It, it means a lot that you have chosen us for your Vikings content. And, hey, we are the only show that has uh, a, a full-time representative down in Mobile giving you all the details for your Minnesota Vikings. You are not going to want to miss anything moving forward. Don't forget, Saturday afternoon, it's going to start right after the Senior Bowl ends. Two old bloggers, 4 or 5 p.m. Central Time. You can go right from the Senior Bowl game on NFL Network to Dave and Darren talking Minnesota Vikings in the Senior Bowl. You will not want to miss that. And we will be back here next Monday night recapping everything and talking about all the news that you need to know for your Minnesota Vikings. He's Dave. I'm Tyler. Like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell. Don't forget about our premium subscriptions that we're going to have a lot more stuff coming up for. Skull Vikings, everybody. And tomorrow, I'll be hosting Who Will Be King, your NFC North Roundup. So watch for that live on Vikings First and Skull. As I say at the end of that show and at the end of every show, Skull Vikings! Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community. And we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.